You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Lockdown Sooners Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. And on today's show, we got to talk about the running back issues from last week that came about. We've got to talk about Nebraska's loss to Illinois and what that means for the game of the century anniversary. A big-time defensive tackle prospect narrowed his list down to two. And we got some betting lines for this week's matchup with Tulane. And then we got to talk about what's going on in New Orleans with Hurricane Ida as well. But first, let's talk about the news that broke late last week. Had a couple different days. I think it was Wednesday and Thursday of last week where first we heard that Marcus Major was going to be ruled academically ineligible. And then on Thursday, we found out that Trey Bradford was leaving the program and heading back to LSU. Both quite shocking developments to the running back room that has already seen a ton of turnover this fall, right? You had Ramondre Stevenson head to the NFL draft. You had Kennedy Brooks come back. You had Eric Gray come through in the transfer portal. Then you had Seth McGowan and Mikey Henderson run into the law and have some issues there and get dismissed from the team. Then you had Trey Bradford joining the squad as you know at some point. And so you you experience like 75% turnover of your top four running backs on the depth chart. Now you still have Todd Hudson, you still have Jaden Knowles, but still huge turnover at the running back position. And we'll talk a little bit more about kind of the running back position in general, as we go into our running back preview on tomorrow's show. However, I do want to mention just the surprise that it was really and and how it affects the team just briefly. You know, this is a team that had a really nice looking running back room before Wednesday of last week. Now, all of a sudden, they're pretty thin at, at that position. And again, I'll talk about it more on the running back preview on tomorrow's show, but just really surprising, man. You, it's a bummer for Marcus Major. You know, sometimes the the busyness of the school schedule and life schedule and and who knows what else is going on, it, it keeps the, the student aspect kind of at bay and it makes it more difficult for them to, you know, get their studies done. At the same time, you know that there are resources available to those guys to help them make sure they get their schoolwork in. Uh, and yeah, you just kind of bummed for the guy that he's not going to be able to play this year. He was he looked really, really promising at the end of 2020. DeMarco Murray was really high on him, you know, heading into the fall camp. Thought he was going to be a guy that was going to be able to contribute in the running back rotation this year but just isn't going to be the case. And uh, unfortunately, Trey Bradford, again, another running back who you think you thought was going to be a big time player for the Sooners, even if he was just the third or fourth running back option, especially in the wake of the Marcus major news, you thought, Oh, well, Trey Bradford gets a bump up. He's going to get those third running back carries and he'll get an opportunity to, to make a huge impact on this team because we, you know, after Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks, you got to have somebody there that can take on those running back snaps. And so a bit of a disappointment for the team in particular after they got Trey Bradford in the transfer portal. Now he's heading back to LSU and that's a, that's a huge loss to your running back depth. Now there are ways to, to mitigate that loss and, you know, the Lincoln Riley, DeMarco Murray contingent is going to figure out a way to, 
divvy up those third and fourth running back carries, but where they're headed is to a couple guys that aren't going to have as much experience and presumably don't have as much talent. Now, star status heading into college doesn't mean much once you get on the on campus and on the practice field. And so maybe Todd Hudson and Jaden Knowles are better players. Remains to be seen. But again, it, it's a huge loss. The running back depth definitely takes a hit. The team takes a hit offensively. But we know that the team is going to be able to find a way to mitigate those losses. But let's talk a little bit also about the Nebraska game, Nebraska drops a shocker to Illinois and maybe not that shocking. You know, they got blown out by Illinois last year after winning four straight against the fighting Illini. But this was one of those games where Nebraska just basically handed Illinois the game. They created mistake after mistake. It was just a bad, bad game for Nebraska. And one that you hate to see. And and at this point you kind of get why maybe, the, the Fox contingent didn't really want to put Nebraska into prime time because they saw a 70 nothing blowout coming at the hands of the Oklahoma Sooners and didn't really want to embarrass Nebraska like that. But at the same time, you're like, Nebraska, what in the world? Where, where has it all gone wrong? And obviously, you know, they had to get rid of Bo Pelini, but he's the last coach that had them playing consistent football. And that's a long time ago. That was like nearly a decade ago that Nebraska was – at all relevant, not that they were like national championship relevant, but they were at least, you know, fighting for the conference and fighting in their division. They were at least putting up respectable showings, you know, several nine, one seasons under Bo Pelini. But since then it's just been a dumpster fire for the Cornhuskers. And you just wonder where they're heading as a college football program, because it doesn't seem to be getting much better. And are they going to be able to find a head coach that's going to be able to move the needle enough to get talented players to come in and play at Nebraska. It's hard to say, but it's a game that, and it's a disappointing loss for Nebraska, but I think it's also a disappointing loss for the matchup that Oklahoma is going to have with Nebraska in a few weeks, because this was kind of the one game that you could kind of circle as like, Hey, that's a big non-conference game. Even though Nebraska's record of late hasn't really reflected quality football, it's still Nebraska and it's a team that moves the needle. Now, it's not going to be a team that you look at at the end of the year and you say, oh, that was a quality win against a quality opponent. You're just going to say, oh, that was a good win over, you know, a historically good team. But that's the problem. They've only been historically good. They haven't been recently good. And the game of the century anniversary, you know, it's fifty been 50 years since that game was played. And you'd hope that Nebraska would come in with a little bit more fanfare, a little bit more hype, a little bit more excitement just to make the game even more exciting, but they're not really going to be holding up their end of the bargain on this one. And you'd like to think that Nebraska, a team that was really, really good in the early part of the two thousands. And even through kind of that first decade, you'd think that at some point they'd be able able to turn it around. Instead, they're turning into not quite Kansas, but somewhere between Kansas state and Kansas. And if you're Nebraska with such a storied history, Heisman trophy winners, national championships, you expect better than to be somewhere between Kansas and Kansas state as far as respectability levels, but that's where you're headed. And if you're, if you're looking at Scott Frost as a head coach and you're wondering, what do we do here? I mean, he's obviously not the answer. He hasn't been able to do much on the recruiting front to get good players and get the good results on the field. So at some point they're going to have to make a decision about their head coach 
And it wouldn't surprise me if it happens in the next couple of weeks. But I'd imagine that after a big blowout loss to Oklahoma, that they're going to they're going to make a change because it's going to be a fan base that's restless and ready for change. And there's not going to be much reason to wait until the end of the season to fire the guy unless you just want to do him a solid and let him you know, play out the string. But yeah, Nebraska's got a lot of work to do if they want to make this game interesting at all because they're a team that just plays sloppy, sloppy football. And Alex Grinch is going to take advantage of that. And so will Lincoln Riley on the offensive side of the ball. You're not going to be able to play sloppy football against Oklahoma and expect to keep it close. You're already going to have a hard enough time winning the game, let alone just keeping it close. Uh, But coming up next, let's talk about a big-time defensive tackle recruit who narrowed his list down to to two teams, including the Oklahoma Sooners. Let's also talk about some betting lines heading into the two-lane game. Hey, it is college football season. Week zero is behind us. We are now in week one. We got the Oklahoma Sooners facing the two-lane green wave coming up this Saturday, hopefully. And then uh, in the third segment, we'll talk about the the issues that are going on in the Southeast right now and and how that might affect um, the football game. But more importantly, we just want to offer our our thoughts to those in in New Orleans and Louisiana and uh, all through the Southeast that are dealing with Hurricane Ida. First, let me talk to you about sweat block. There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, right? One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing. Now, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, an interview, or a first date. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. It's the doctor-created, doctor-recommended antiperspirant that's stronger than most clinical antiperspirants, the bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews made right here in the USA You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with our promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. And now we got to talk to you about Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, big time defensive tackle recruit out of Florida. Yeah. Out of Florida, Lakeland, Florida, 6'3, 275. Currently the Number two defensive line, interior defensive line player by 247s and ESPN's rankings. Uh, the number three overall player in 247s rankings and the number 10 in 247 composite rankings. Uh, Five star player who has narrowed his list down to two teams the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas AM Aggies. Currently, the 247 Crystal Ball has. Brownlow Dindy headed to the Sooners with a 100% confidence confidence rating. So the 2022 defensive tackle looks like it's likely that he'll head to Oklahoma. Now, anything's possible. Things can change. We know that these, these student athletes, these high school kids in particular, they can be a little, little wishy-washy at times. We've seen it this summer with Jordan Hudson, Taylor Shetron, and Luther Burden decommitting from the Oklahoma Sooners. But Right now, all things indicate Brownlow Dindy is going to be coming to the Sooners, which would be a huge get for Alex Grinch's defense. Another strong 2022 uh, commitment. They've already got Kobe McKenzie, one of the top players in Texas, and Derek Moore, the top player, one of the top players in Maryland, 
committed for the 2022 class. And it just continues to be a group that Alex Grinch is putting together that is going to be really, really good down the road. We are, we're already seeing the Alex Grinch effects happening on campus right now. The 2021 defense is expected to be the best that he's had with the Sooners. And they've got a ton of talent coming up behind guys like Nick Bonito and Perry on Winfrey and Jalen Redmond, Brian Osamoa, the depth on the defensive side of the football with its youth is looking really, really strong right now. And if you add Brown Dindy to a group with Derek Moore and Kobe McKenzie, you're continuing to build up that, that strong defensive depth that you've already got. And it's going to be a group that is going to continue to carry that defensive legacy that Alex Grinch is building here in Norman down the road that when you do turn over guys, you do lose Nick Bonito and Perry on Winfrey to the NFL draft, maybe Jalen Redmond to the NFL draft in 2022. You've got guys that are ready to step in and maybe not be the guy in 2022, but in 2023 ready to take over and take the nation by storm because that's what it's going to continue to need. And that's why Alabama has been so good, right? They constantly are sending players to the NFL, but they constantly have guys coming up right behind them who are ready to go ready to contribute and are going to be NFL players in their own right. And that's the thing that Oklahoma has been missing is the top tier talent coming in behind a Neville Gallimore or a Kenneth Murray, you know, guys, or, you know, an Oboe Okoronkwo, you know, it's like you have NFL talent, but they're not necessarily considered first round players, but then the NFL talent you have coming up behind those guys are third, fourth, fifth round picks as well. And so at some point you got to get guys into the first round and then you got to get guys coming up behind them that are also going to be first round prospects as well, because that's going to continue to just, you know, um, trickle down that as you get more top tier talent into the draft or into the top of the NFL draft, then more players are going to want to come in to the program because they think, okay, Alex Grinch and his defensive staff can help me become a top tier talent when I'm ready to declare for the NFL draft. So exciting stuff. You know, I hope Brownlow Dindy does end up committing to the Oklahoma Sooners. because I think that'd be a really nice one, two punch with him and Derek Moore on the defensive line. And now let's talk about a couple betting lines. We've got from betonline.ag, your number one place to bet on all your sports action. But uh, right now, Oklahoma opened up as a minus 27-point favorite. Sorry, 27-point favorite, meaning they are giving up 27. In order to win that bet, Oklahoma would have to score 28 points or more than the two-lane green wave. And considering Lincoln Riley's success in openers as a head coach, he's averaged 54 points a game, and he's gone 4-0. Uh, the only game that was kind of relatively close was the Houston game. They won like 49-30. to but everything else has been a blowout. So if you expect, maybe let's say at the floor, Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma Sooners are able to score 48 points. That means they'd have to hold Tulane to 20 in order for you to win that bet if you bet Oklahoma minus the points. I think that's a pretty reasonable bet. Now, Tulane's offense is going to be pretty solid and their defense might be pretty decent. You know, they're a team that, was six and six last year. I think they were seven and six the year before that. So pretty, they're a solid team. They're not a bad, a bad uh, group of five team by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not a team that you expect to give Oklahoma a lot of fits. Uh, So if I was going to be betting on this game, 
I, I might consider throwing a little bit of money on, on Oklahoma minus the points, even though it's a lot of points. And at some point you, you think that this game is going to go into garbage time and Tulane can make up some of that point differential in the garbage time spots. I still think Oklahoma's offense is going to be so good. Even after Spencer Rattler sits down, that they're going to continue to be able to put points on the board. But again, I totally get if you want to shy away from those points, because that's a lot of points to lay for sure, for sure. And then the over-under set at 69. Again, if Oklahoma, say Oklahoma scores 48, then Tulane would have to score 21 for you to hit the, the, the push. Now, if you bet the over, you'd need Oklahoma to score you know, 49 and, and uh, Tulane to score 21. Um, that one might be a, a little bit trickier to get to. I think I could see a situation where Oklahoma gets up big and then Lincoln Riley kind of lets off the gas in the second half. I could see a situation where, you know, Tulane starts picking up some garbage points in the third and fourth quarter if Oklahoma's up big on this game. Uh, but yeah, it just, it, it's, it's an interesting betting line. I always have a hard time looking at those, you know, if you like pick them contests and things like that, I always have a hard time taking the team that's, that's laying a lot of points like that. Just because it's so hard to know what's going to happen at the end of the game. You know, uh, what's the effort level going to be like? What is the intensity going to be like on the other side? Are they going to be still trying to put up a lot of points? Are they going to be trying to make the game somewhat more respectable? Uh, you know, is your team that that is laying the points, are they going to take their foot off the gas? Are they going to play really conservative defensively to allow just the, the clock to run by letting them throw, letting them pick up yards? It's hard to say it. It's, it makes it a tough one, but that's where we're at right now. I expect this line to move a little bit over the next few days. If the game does indeed get in played, uh, but we'll see where it goes from there, but let's talk about what's happening right now in new Orleans and in the Southeast with hurricane Ida um, coming up after the break. But first let me talk to you about built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's easy to eat. It's 100% covered in chocolate and it tastes great. It's great for you with 17 or 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, only four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. They all taste great. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie, but you couldn't go wrong with any flavor. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your next order over at builtbar.com. And it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 or sorry to receive your 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo you make a bet on the Thursday September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 this is for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
And betting on the Oklahoma Suitors or the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day from the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you hadn't noticed and you hadn't heard the news, Hurricane Ida made landfall down in Louisiana and is just kind of sitting tight. It's not really doing much of anything at the moment, except for creating a lot of havoc in Louisiana, New Orleans. And there's a great chance that it's going to change the, at minimum, the venue for this week's game with Tulane. And there's definitely a possibility that that game gets canceled or it gets rescheduled for a later, for Oklahoma's bye week later in the season. But because it's not a conference game, there's a better chance that this game just gets just gets canceled altogether in the wake of Hurricane Ida. And beyond the football game, beyond the sports thing, um, yeah, just my heart goes out to all the folks that are down there in the the southeast, man. It you just hate it. You hate it. You know, I, I still remember it was like 15, 16 years ago when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans and seeing the images from that 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 disaster and the wake of what happened it was just just terrible and for a state and for an area of the country that has already been through something like that with something like this that is reportedly a stronger hurricane hurricane katrina was just a hurricane a a um, category three and they're projecting that ida is a category four with winds up to 150 miles an hour, you're like, haven't they suffered enough? You know, just, I just, I'm, I, and I'm not laughing, like laughing at it, the situation. I'm just like flabbergasted it at how unfortunate it is for residents and citizens of Louisiana and New, and New Orleans um, to have to go through this again. And, and, you know, I, I just want to extend to them, if there are any of them listening here, you know, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you. I've got friends that are down there. Um, you know, my, 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 one of my best friends, Jason, he's down there in that area. And, and from all accounts, you know, his family's doing okay. Um, the storm went su- supposedly just east of where they're at, but there's a lot of people who are still right in the path of it. And if you have time and you're able to take time, um, you know, please consider praying. Um, for what's going on there, pray for the people, pray for the infrastructure, pray for, um, you know, leadership to, to help people and, and make the right decisions um, that are wise decisions that help provide people with safety and with the things that they need, not just to survive, but to, to thrive day to day, because we're, there are already reports that it's affecting the water system that, you know, citizens have lost power. Uh, they've lost water pressure. And so just, just sitting here hoping that people are okay, that beyond a football game, that people are okay in this area. And again, you hate to, to see that this is happening again, just 16 years after uh, Hurricane Katrina. And so that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Uh, Make sure you tune in again tomorrow or we'll continue to get you ready for the 2021 college football season. Again, thoughts, prayers go out to the people in New Orleans and Louisiana and all of the Southeast as Hurricane Ida continues to make its way 
uh, through the U.S. Um, again, our prayers go out to you, my family and I. We're thinking of you, and we're lifting you up. And um, yeah, we hope you're okay. Uh, until tomorrow, I'm John Williams. We'll see you then.